Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We are at episode 97. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back. Amazing to have you here. Oh, now today I have got a guest on the podcast. I've got Lisa Wynn from Wynn Trademarks. Now, you might be like, Suze, why are we talking about trademarks? Well, I actually think that trademarking is really important for your business if you haven't done it already. Now, if you have done it, then you can skip this episode. <laughs> or if you want to learn more about trademarks in general, then make sure that you stick around. I've known Lisa for quite a few years. We spoke at an event together a while ago, uh, and she is somebody that I refer other people to whenever they want to talk about trademarks. And uh, and I'm thinking about and doing stuff around trademarking at the moment because I want to go into the US more and I am getting Brand Builders Academy trademarked. So I'm excited to do that. You know, it is just something that is a bit of an insurance policy. It makes me feel protected um, and that what I'm building my brand around and the content that I'm building and all of the assets that go with my business and what I do is protected and somebody else can't just come and take it. So this is something that we're talking about today. And if you haven't trademarked, then I do want to say that I hope that you're going to listen to this podcast episode because I actually think that it's really important. The other thing is, is that I actually asked on Insta stories, uh, how many people have trademarked their business? And I was quite shocked with the response. The response was that 78% of people at the time that I'm recording this said that they have not trademarked either the name or logo or anything. So if you love your business, if you are spending a lot of time, effort and money in it, then this one is for you. So we are going to dive straight into this week's episode. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you get a lot of value out of it. And can I just tell you, we are like three episodes away from episode 100, which I'm a little bit excited about. I'm trying to work out what I can do to celebrate it. So if you've got any ideas, hit me up on the gram and send me a DM and let me know what do you think I should do to celebrate 100 episodes of the podcast. Yeah, because obviously you're my listener. So I want to know what you want to do. But so awesome to have you here again this week. The only other thing that I want to let you know about is that we have got the only Confidence Rising event for this year happening in Melbourne in four weeks time on the 25th of March. So it's going to be at the Prince Circus St Kilda. If you have missed Confidence Rising with Erica, the Queen of Confidence and myself, then this is your chance to get in. Yeah, so make sure that you head over to the show notes. The link will be in bio uh, or you can head to Suze Chadwick on Facebook or in my Instagram link in bio and you can get your tickets there. So make sure you grab your ticket for the only Confidence Rising event that we will be hosting this year in 2020. You don't want to miss it. Let's dive into this week's episode. Lisa, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Fantastic. Well, we spoke at an event together. Oh my gosh. I reckon it must've been about four years ago. I think so. Yeah. Something like that. Cause I feel like I hadn't been in my business that long, like maybe a year or so. And we spoke at the AVAC, which is the Australian Virtual Mm -hmm. Assistance Conference. Um, And you obviously are a trademark lawyer. Yep. And so you were talking about trademarks and I, um, I just kind of think it's something that not a lot of small businesses think about. So I really wanted to have you on the podcast, I guess, just to talk about the basics of trademarking, what it is, when we should think about it and what the process is. So 
that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. But I always like to also start with how you kind of got to where you are. So how did you, how did you start your business and when did all of this happen for you? Well, I, I worked for, um, for government as a lawyer for a long time and I did that when I had my kids and took maternity leave, went back and just was doing that. And when I had my third boy, got three boys, when I had my third boy, I decided while I was on that maternity leave, I wanted to start a business. I'd as always, so many of us do. So many, exactly. <laughs> and I, and the thing was, like, I'd always wanted to try it, but I had no idea what to do. Like, literally not a single idea yeah. what to do. But I was like, well, I've got this, like, nine-month window. I've got to do it now. I've got to do something. So um, because I was in the midst of little kids and stuff, I did what so many mums do, and I opened a toy store. Yes. So I had an online toy store and I did that when they were little and that was really my intro into the business world and business people and business mums and I loved it. I loved it. So after a few years I sold the business and then I sort of had to think for a bit about, well, I want to use my legal training but I want to stay in the business world and this is how I sort of ended up doing trademarks. I had to go back to uni and do more post-grad stuff so I could get the qualification for it. And um, yeah, and here I am. Amazing. And so how long, how long did you have the toy store for? Uh, Between three or four years. Oh, okay. So you quit your government job and you were just doing the toy store. Oh, you did both. Okay. So were you working part-time? I was, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It was an online toy store? It was, yeah. So I'd go to work all day, I'd come home, I'd pack orders and I remember there was one Christmas, it was an absolute nightmare. I was up to 1am every night packing orders, you know, in that lead up to Christmas. Yeah. I'd go to work, I'd nearly fallen asleep at my desk. Wow, (laughs) that's amazing. What was it called? Uh, Little Obsessions. So it's still going, it's still out there. The person I sold it to sold it on to someone else and it's still going and I love to see that it's still out there. That's amazing. I love that. That's so good. And so you decided to go back and do some studying, which I think is, you know, kind of work out what do I need to do in order to do what I want. Um, And so did you stay working and then studying as well? Uh, Yes, it was all around the time that I was selling Okay. The store. So I sort of worked out what I was going to do and yeah. 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 So it's only because it's post-grad stuff. So I yes. didn't really have to do the study, but I wanted to. So. Okay. Yeah. So and so were you specializing in trademark stuff when you were working for government or you were just no. doing general legal? I was doing criminal law. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Different. And it was, um, it was, I was doing awful stuff. Like I was doing the online child sex oh, and it was yeah. really, and I had little kids. It was really yeah, awful no. to be doing that stuff. Um, at, yeah. So it was nice to step away from yeah. some of that. And yeah. Yeah. And so did you deliberately decide that trademark law was the direction you wanted to go in? Like what was the catalyst for heading in that direction? It was a lot to do with, um, you know, being in all these business groups with other business people and trademark questions came up a lot and I'd be piping in with my, you know, bit of knowledge that I had to try and help people out. So I knew that there was demand for it. I knew that people were asking the questions about it. And, you know, my other options really, if I wanted to work with business people and do legal stuff was going to be, you know, doing contracts and that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Then me to sleep. I really, that was not my thing at all. Um, But this fit in a lot more with my experience in government because a lot of it is really, it's admin law type stuff, dealing with government. There's a lot of government processes. Yeah. All that sort of thing was all really familiar to me. So it it wasn't like a big jump. Yeah. And so did you feel like you saw a need for it when you were in the small business groups and world? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Lots and lots of questions about it. Lots of people getting caught out, you know, getting 
awful letters saying you've got to stop using your business name because I've got it trademarked and, you know, a lot of um, confusion about it. So Okay, well, that is an awesome segue. I think, because we are going to be talking about why this is important. Um, and I actually do think this is really important. I'm going to talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that I've done and that I'm doing as well. And I guess my thought process behind it. But for those of my listeners who are just like, I kind of know what a trademark is, but like, what, like, what is it? Can you just give me a basic definition of like what it is and what it does? Absolutely. So a trademark is is something that you use to distinguish your business from other businesses. And usually when we, you know, think about that, it's really your brand. So anything that serves a branding purpose in your business, anything you use to set yourself apart from your competitors is something that could potentially be protected with a trademark. Like what? So most businesses, the most important part of their brand is going to be their business name. Yeah. So that's the number one one that we would do. Um, but it can be logos, it can be taglines, it can be service names, product names. Lots of businesses, you know, will have multiple things that they could trademark if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I'm talking to people, I've worked with small businesses, so we, we work out, well, what's the most important thing that you need to protect? What's the most important part of your brand? Usually that is going to be the business name because everything else flows from that. All your website and all your socials and logos and everything are all attached to that name. So getting that protected with the trademark is normally where we would start. Yeah. So what and the... Yeah, what the trademark gives you then is the you get the exclusive right to use that thing as your brand in relation to whatever products or services are listed on your trademark. So um, if it's your business name, you'd have the exclusive right to use that name to sell, say, clothing or to sell toys, or whatever it is that you put on your trademark. So it means the same name could be trademarked multiple times by different people, so long as they're covering different kinds of products and services, and that's that's going to be okay. And that's so, called classifications, isn't it? Yeah. So, well, yeah. There's, so there's a class system. Class, yeah. Yeah, and and really the purpose of that is. Um, so what they've done is that all the different products and services in the world are categorised down into 45 different categories called classes. Um, and so when you're lodging your application, if you're wanting to get covered for clothing, you'll see that clothing goes in class 25. Or if you need to be covered for toys, they go in class 28. So yeah. that all comes up when you're lodging your application. But the classes are... The purpose of them really is to help with searches. So if I'm trying to look for other trademarks that might be similar to yours, then the class system helps me to narrow my search down so that I'm not mm -hmm. having to look at every single trademark. I can just narrow down to the ones that might cover similar kinds of products and, and services. Yeah. So the, the, the other thing with the classes is that fees are attached to the classes. So however many classes you've got will depend on how much you have to pay. But they're not really relevant to what your legal protection is. And okay. there's a fair bit of confusion about that. A lot of people will think that they're protected for a particular class and they'll think that they're covered for a whole class and they're not. So okay. It's so let's take a step back. So... The, I guess the first thing, we'll get more into classes as well, but when should we start to consider mm. when to trademark and what to trademark? Yeah. So there's two questions there, what to trademark and when, when? Yeah. to do it. Um, so the what to trademark one is that decision about what's the most important part of your brand. Um, and I have had people who've said to me, look, I'm so famous for this one particular product. It's my yeah. really big thing. I just want to get the product name protected yeah. and worry about doing the business name later. Yeah. Um, sometimes we can't get the trademark for a name because it might be too descriptive. It might not meet the legal 
tests for getting protected, so we might need to do a logo instead. So what sort of things would be too general? Would it just be words that a lot well, of people use or...? Yeah, the things like um, if you wanted to try and trademark Sydney Plumber, you're yeah. going to run into trouble with that because they'll look at the fact that, you know, every plumber in Sydney needs to be able to say that they're a Sydney, Sydney plumber. So yeah. it wouldn't be fair for one person to have the exclusive rights to that. Um, but there's a lot of things that um, there's sort of a big grey area in here where IP Australia will make some funny decisions about what they think is... Yeah descriptive or generic they will they will google the phrase and see if other people are are using it so um and even if you use it with a particular kind of meaning if they see people using it with a different meaning it can sometimes cause issues for the application so okay um yeah i'm trying to think of some good examples off the top of my head no that's a good one though (laughs) like i get it it's like like if it's sydney plumber it's like People need to use that generally if there's like 50 or, you know, uh, however many, 100 plumbers in Sydney. Yeah. That's fine. But it's just... Something like like wealth school might be a bit too descriptive for like a... If a financial planner wanted to... Yeah. ...course, they would say, well, it's a, you know, it's a course about getting wealthy, so it says what it is. Yeah. um, like it's better yeah. to name it something rather than just be more general with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really try and think about whether other people are going to need to use the phrase or not. And where people run into a bit of trouble is if something is really great for SEO, then it's probably going to be bad for trademarks. Okay. So, yeah, because people are thinking, right, what's everyone going to be Googling? What's the yeah. generic way people are describing it? And, if, and you know, it's, sometimes it's perfectly appropriate to pick the thing that's going to be best for SEO. Don't worry about the trademark side of things. Yeah. But if you're wanting to do the trademark, then you're, you're going to have to sort of um, let go of the good SEO Yeah. and say, okay, people are going to have to get to know my brand. Yeah. Yeah. And so would you say that what if your, your business is your name? Is that something yeah. that you would trademark? Well, you look at the risk then of you running into trouble. I mean, that the chances of somebody else with the same name as you offering the same kind of services as you is going to be pretty low usually. Yeah. Um, they're saying that, you know, when brands get bigger, people do trademark it, you know, Jenny Craig and Lorna Jane and all those sorts of ones are definitely True. trademarked. Um, but, you know, maybe even if you've got a, a bit more of a common name, you might want to, to look at doing it. But you, you've still even got to be careful with names. So, um, you know, something like Smith Plumbing is not going to be able to get trademarked because Smith is yeah. such a common name and they'll say there's a lot of Smiths out there who are plumbers. So you can't have the exclusive rights to that. But so, if it was John Smith plumbing or Peter Smith plumbing, yeah. like if it's more definable, yes. like and not let and not general, would that be more? That's right. Likely? That's, and that's where that like that grey area, yeah, sort of happens, and where people like me are trying to advise on where you sit on that scale and say, yeah, I think you should get that one through, but no, maybe you won't get that one through. Yeah. So, and so do you advise people at any stage of business? So, for example, let's say I start a business tomorrow. Yeah. Called whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not in a creative mood to come up with something really <laughs> snazzy right now. Uh, but, yeah, like I, I decide to start a business tomorrow. Should I trademark as soon as I start? Like when... Yeah. Should I be starting to think about this? So in an ideal world where we all have lots of money and, <laughs> you know, we can do all the things we want to do at the start of our business without having to worry about the, the money side of things, then ideally you would do it really, really early on. So, you know, before you're spending money on your branding and before you're spending money on your website and if you've got a product business before you're spending money on your packaging and signage and all that stuff ideally it would be good to know that you've got it you've got it locked in you're not gonna run into a problem 
and no yeah, one else after is using you've spent it. all yeah. this money on all this other stuff. Yeah. So that is ideally what you would do. But I do understand that, you know, when people are starting businesses, there's a lot of different expenses and a lot of different, you know, directions. So it becomes that decision about where you're going to put your money. Yeah. Um, and I do talk to a lot of people who really just want to wait to see if they're actually going to make any money from their business, <laughs> if it's actually going to work, if it's yeah. actually going to take off before they want to invest in the trademark because it is a bit of an investment. So um, they would just want to make sure it's actually going to happen first yeah. before they go down that road. And that's, that's perfectly fine. I think it's just good to understand the risks you know, the longer you delay it, the more likely, I guess, it is that an issue may come up. And when I talk to people about that, some people will say to me, I don't want to take any risks. I'd be heartbroken if I lost this name. Like, I'm yeah. so attached to it. I love it. I really want it. I don't want to take any risks. I would rather spend the money earlier on. Whereas other people say, look... I've done everything myself. I built my own website. I did all the branding. Uh, if the worst case scenario was to happen, I'll just redo it all. It's not going to cost me that much money. It's not, you know, some yeah. people are quite laid back about it and, you know, they go, we'll just see what happens and, you know, yeah. when things are going well, then I'll get it. You know. So I'll let's be- talk about the risk because I think that that's hmm. the important thing. When I decided on the name the connection exchange i trademarked it pretty much straight away because i just kind of was like this is it like that's the name i want to make sure that i lock it down and that i'm the person that owns it and i have had people that have come to me and asked me if they can purchase the name wow yeah um and the domain because i've got the connection exchange.com and all the rest of it um so that i mean that happened a couple of years after i trademarked it all but what is the risks? Let's just understand like why this is actually important. What could happen? Yeah. So I think, you know, if you went back maybe 10 years, you'd say, you know, the risks are fairly low that someone is going to pop up in the next suburb over to you with the similar kind of business and the same kind of name. And it's, you know, you could be in business for 20 years and nothing much is really going to happen. It's all going to be good. Yeah. Now we've moved into this online world where we all have our websites and our domains and our social media and all that stuff. Now it can actually be a real issue if somebody was to pop up in a different city or other side of the country with the the same kind of business name as you and now they've got, um, you know, you've got these competing social media handles and websites and everything so i think the risk has definitely increased with all of that with us all moving online i think i mean sometimes people will go through their whole business careers and never run into any issues at all um i can't you know i can't put a percentage on what the actual chances are if you're running into a problem but if you hang out in any of the Facebook business groups, you're going to have seen people who've actually been on the receiving end of the nasty letter saying you have to change your name, you can't use that name. Um, And I think it's, while the risk is probably still low when you're looking at numbers, it's just devastating if it actually happens. So, um, yeah, it's. I think that this is where the personal you know, what, what you're like personally can come into it because if it's going to be just awful for that to happen to you, then it can make it worthwhile mm-hmm. to go down the trademarking road. I think of it a little bit like insurance, really. Yes. It's, you know, you, you get it, you hope that you never need to use it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it just gives you that bit of peace of mind that you're covered and it's sorted and you don't have to worry. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've trademarked Brand Builders Academy as well, which is obviously my signature course. And because I am going into the US, I'm going to be trademarking it there as well. And once again, it's just insurance. It's just, it's just so that if anybody, because there are people, and I mean, 
not to get paranoid about stuff, but there are people who are opportunistic. And if they see something that's either doing well or that looks good or that, you know, they're like that, you know, and it's not trademarked and then they go and trademark it, then, you know, it just just can get messy. And like you said, it's just really about maybe deciding if somebody was to come to you and say, you can't use your business name anymore, just the question you need to ask yourself is, would you care? Yes. Like, what would that mean to you? And what would it cost you? Yes. You know? So what I actually, on my website, there's a, um, a link to a checklist and you don't have to opt in or anything and just click through to it. And, and it'll list all these things like, um, you know, what will it cost you if you have to change your website and your socials and all that kind of stuff and your branding and, and it goes through all those things to sort of think about. And one of them is, you know, would you just be totally heartbroken? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> some people it's like, oh, no, that's all fun. But that one, that one's like, that's the one. Like, yeah. I would just be, you know, really, really upset. So, And the other thing is, is that we do spend so much time building our brands. Mm. You know, we spend so much time making sure that the look and feel and name and content and all the rest of it, like it's, you know, you can change the name of your business, but really you are building trust and a brand around it. And so I think you've really got to look at sometimes what might be more intangible as well as the tangible physical website name, etc. Yeah. Okay. And so, sorry, I mentioned that one of the big issues that comes up a lot in Australia is that we have to go and register our business names with ASIC. And a lot of people... Well, for one, they think that that gives them ownership rights over the name and that gives them some legal rights to the name and it actually doesn't. Yes. Really, it's really more about protecting consumers. The the government wants a list of of people who are running businesses just in case there's any dodgy people out there ripping people off. Yeah. Um, But because of that confusion around that and, you know, most people realise they do have to go and do that step, that sometimes... um, people will go, oh, I can't get the business name that I wanted. So I'll just add Australia to the end of it or I'll just add co to the end of it or, you know, something that just so it goes through on the business name register and then they think that they're all fine and, you know, but, I mean, that's going to be a problem for you if somebody pops up and they've got your business name with co on the end or... Australia on the end that's that's going to be a problem and that's where the trademark can come in and and help you at that point but those people who do that are often not they're not being malicious they're not you know purposefully out there to copy you they just don't realize that doing that and just adding a word on the end and you know is going to be enough it's going to get them out of trouble and they think oh well it went through so it's all okay i'm good to go yeah so the lesson there is just because you've registered a business name doesn't mean that it's protected or that you own the trademark yeah or even <laughs> that you're allowed to use it yes absolutely. isn't that it is a bit crazy you would think that there might be a little bit more um you know communication between asic and trademark like yeah. ip australia or yeah okay. They have tried to tighten up the business name register, but it's they're really apples and oranges. They're, they're two very different things, and so trying to get them to talk is um, is a bit is a bit tricky. Like the business name register, when you just you know you log in, you do that, it usually comes up straight away whether you've got it or you don't. It's just yeah. a computer just going tick yeah. tick done. Whereas a trademark application, an examiner at IP Australia will sit down, they'll probably spend two or three hours on your application assessing it. It's not just a computer tick and flick yeah. thing. So, yeah, it's quite hard to get them to really talk that well. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe in the future they'll sort it out. But anyway, that's okay. <laughs> All right, so let's get into a little bit just around the process. So if my listeners are sitting there going, oh, crap, Suze, I have not trademarked my business. I haven't thought about it. I didn't know this. I thought that because I registered my business, it's all fine. What is the process that we need to go through in order to make sure that we're trademarking our business in the right way? Yeah, okay. 
So there are a few things to think about when you're trademarking. Um, it's, it's all done through IP Australia. So you can go on the IP Australia website and, and have a little read and a little look. The actual process itself, when you log into IP Australia, it takes about five minutes. Any of my kids would be able to do it. Like it's the actual process yeah, but, of lodging. But they're it. your kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, it is. It is the yeah. actual process of lodging it is super simple and when you're sitting in those Facebook groups and people are saying how easy trademarks are that's what they're referring to they're referring to that that process of actually watching yeah. it um, but there's actually a lot of stuff that you need to think about before you get to that stage of actually lodging it so the first one is that decision about what you're actually going to trademark. You need to work that out. And sometimes chatting to someone like me can be helpful for that because there are things that can't be trademarked. So yeah. you need to sort of be a bit aware about that before you jump in. Um, the next one is to work out who's going to own the trademark. So that's... Um, it has to be a legal entity, so it'll be either you personally if you're a sole trader or it might be your company if you're set up as a company. Um, but if things are a little bit more complex in your business, it can be good to get some advice about that too. There's, there's been some recent case law where if they basically decided if you get that wrong at the first step, it can muck up your whole trademark. Basically, you'll lose your trademark down the road so if you ever end up in a dispute then it doesn't stand it doesn't stand if yeah. you make a mistake at that point so it seems like such a simple step but um, there's there's a bit um, sort of riding on that to get that right um, and then you've got to work out if you're um, well, first you would work out what products and services you wanted to be covered for and that might take you a bit of time to really think about that and that's worth putting the time into because the legal protection your trademark gives you is dependent on what products and services you list. So sometimes when people go in, they log in and they just, you know, they don't do any prep beforehand. They'll just go bang, bang, bang. Here's two or three products or services, done, 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 lodged, that's it. Um, whereas someone like me will sort of think a bit more about what's the broadest way we can describe your products or your services so that we're giving you the broadest protection we can. And also looking to the future about we want to make it nice and broad so that if you, as your business grows and evolves, we want to make sure that it's, your trademark is still covering you and you're not stuck doing just one thing. So it might come up, um, I'm trying to think of an example, like you might just put chocolate and you might go, that's all I'm doing now, chocolate. But if you can describe it a bit broader, like snack foods or something, you know, just a little bit broader, then that yeah. gives you then, you know, greater protection. If you start doing some other things down the road, your trademark is still going to cover you and you're not going to have to come back and get another trademark to cover off your new products down the road so it's worth taking the time to do that um, with that step two there's two different ways you can do that there's either a list so IP Australia have a list of all the different things under each class you can either just pick things off the list or you can draft it specifically for you and that'll depend a bit on your business. Sometimes the list's great and they cover off exactly what you do. And other times it's like, oh, it's not really covering <laughs> and you might have to go the other way. So once you've got to that stage, then um, you want to have a look at the legal test to see whether your trademark's actually going to go through or not. And there's um, two big ones that come up a lot. Um, one of them is that's that descriptive one that we mentioned, descriptive or generic, so taking a, a look at that. Um, and the other one is whether there's other trademarks on the register that are similar to what you're wanting to, to protect. 
So that means then having a search on the trademark register to see what's already on there. And um, where people get caught out a bit with this one is they'll just put in their exact business name and go, nope, no results, I'm good to go. <laughs> um, but the test is actually whether your mark is deceptively similar or substantially identical to anything that's on there. So um, say you've got advanced education or advanced training or advanced school, they're all gonna be deceptively similar to each other. They're all gonna be too close. So um, when you're doing your searches, you've got to think about that a little bit because if you just put in advanced school, nothing comes up and you think you're fine and then you'll be caught by surprise when you get the letter from IP Australia going, well, there's advanced training and, yeah. It's too similar. Yeah, yeah. too similar, yeah. So can I just go back a second and ask yeah. a question? So say the business is trademarked mm -hmm. and under the business it's got online courses, consulting, whatever else, events, etc. Yep. Should I be trademarking each of my product names or course, so say, for example, with Brand Builders Academy, if I'm covered under the Connection Exchange for online courses or online education or whatever it is? Like when should you decide when to trademark a product or service as well yeah. as your business name? So the clients who have done it, um, they've sort of picked the moment when they realise that they're becoming really well known for the name of their product and that people are searching for their product, you know, the, more than or as much as they, they're searching for their business name. Yeah. So um, that's where, you know, things are going to change over time with your business. Some brands might take off a bit better than others and, um, you know, if, if it's a product, then, you know, if you've got 10 products but there's this one product that is super popular and that's what people are Googling and that's how people are finding you, then it might be worth getting a trademark for that, for that one product. Um, and you might not worry about the other nine. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. And also if uh if you don't trademark that product name, say, mm. but then somebody else tries to trademark that, yeah. can you fight that because of the yeah. history that you've got? So, you know, like well, I started using Brand Builders Academy in I don't know, like 20, you know, 17 and, and now even though I didn't trademark it, somebody's trying to register it in 2020. But so yeah. how does that work? Yeah, so part of the process, the, so the, the process of getting a trademark itself is a really long process. It takes a minimum of seven and a half months to go all the way through. The last two months of that are called the opposition uh, period and it, People can jump in at that time and go, ah, I oppose your trademark because I was using it first. That's usually the main one that they, they would. How would you know? Um, you'd have to be keeping an eye on things. So how it, how it comes up a lot, what I see, is that you'll have um, two businesses out there that might be operating under the same name or really similar names. Um, one of them will lodge their trademark application and then they become known to the other one, you know, maybe through Facebook ads or something or other. One of the other one's uh, customers will go, oh, I saw this other business and I go back, oh, I saw this other business. And then the second one goes, oh, gosh, I don't have a trademark. I better go get my trademark sorted. And then they go and have a look on the trademark register because they're thinking of doing it themselves and go, uh-oh, these other people got in first. Yeah. So how the trademark law sits in Australia, it does give the advantage to the person who was using the name first. Um, so you do have this opportunity to come in and, and oppose it and... Um, even if somebody was wanting to take infringement action against you, you could use the fact that you were using it first as a defence. So okay. it does sit on the side of the person who was using it first. Um, 
but saying that you really don't want to get into a big fight about it and it will usually work out that it would have been way cheaper to have the trainer (laughs) in the first place than it would be to come in later and have to defend it and legal work yeah yeah get into the fight because the opposition process is it's a bit like a little court case and at the moment with IP Australia, it takes about between 18 months and two years oh to gosh. go through an opposition. And it really is run like a court case. Each side has to submit their evidence. It's all got to be in statement form, same as it would be for a court case. It has a hearing at the end of it, or it can do. It doesn't oh my gosh. Do, but it can do. People will hire barristers to come in and... So it can turn into a really big thing Um, and, yeah, it becomes then a business decision about it's going to cost me this much to fight it. Is it worth it? And so if somebody was to work with you on this, so you would go and take a look through all the trademarks to make sure that somebody else hasn't already trademarked or has something similar yeah. um, before you then put that in as well, wouldn't you? That's right, yeah. So what I do, you know, for me, most of the work is before we even lodge the application is doing all these checks and everything. And if any kind of issues come up, is to work out, well, what's our plan of attack going to be? Like, if that happens, it might only be a small risk, but if it happens, what are we going to do? Make sure that we've got a backup plan because once the application is lodged, um, that's it, basically. So you, if they come back and say that it's, there's an issue, then, you know, you don't get your money back. There's no sort of, yeah. you know, uh, and you can be really restricted in what you can do. Yeah. So it's, it's good to know. Well, basically, I just like my clients to know, um, be informed before we lodge it. Because sometimes I'll say, look, there's a really, really high chance this issue is going to come up. And if it comes up, I can't see how we're going to get around it. So I'd rather people know that. Yeah. (laughs) Rather than um, being taken by surprise when they get the letter. Because... it's a little bit hard to see now with the modern, with the current numbers with IP Australia, but if we go back a few years, it was about 30% of all trademark applications don't go through. So it's quite a big number um, that don't go through. So it's quite common for issues to come up through yeah. the process. And so around budgeting for this, what sort of budget should people be looking at? Because you pay per class, don't you? That's right, yeah. So if you do it yourself and you lodge it through IP Australia, there's two different fees. There's the, an ordinary, if you lodge an ordinary application, the ordinary fee, it's $250 per class. Um But there's another process called the Head Start process, which is if you're going to do it yourself, definitely, definitely do the Head Start process Um, because it's like a preliminary application basically where they'll take a look at it, let you know if there's any issues um, before it goes through and is formally lodged. So that's that's worth paying a little bit extra money for. So that's $330 per class to do it that way. Um, One thing to keep in mind, though, is that IP Australia don't really care whether your trademark is, like, going to protect you or not. (laughs) All they care about is whether... The admin... It's going to, whether it should be on the register or not, their yeah. job is to, you know, safeguard the integrity of the register. Only things that should be on there will go on there. They don't really care whether you're trademarking the right thing. They don't care whether you've drafted it in a way that's going to protect you well. Um, yeah, they. I've seen some really awful things on the trademark register that should not be there at all. But technically it ticks the boxes, so it it's registered, it's on there. But a lot of these things aren't even trademarks and, you know, it shouldn't be on there. I saw, this is 
an awful example. It makes me just almost want to cry every time I think about it. But I saw a trademark where it was a photo of a shop. So a lady had taken a photo of her shop and submitted that as her trademark and it went through. (laughs) It met all the legal requirements. But I don't really know what she thinks she's protected. Like I don't know if she thinks that she's trademarked her business. I don't know if she thinks she's trademarked her name. I don't know what she thinks she's protected. But all that she's protected is she now has the exclusive rights to use that photo as her brand. Oh, no. Which I'm sure she's not doing. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of that that happens where people... You know, they want to, I'll see it with coaches. They've got like a new idea of, um, I don't know if modality is the right word or a new process or whatever, and they'll, they want to trademark that. Don't realise that's not what trademarks are for. Mm. They submit some giant big spreadsheet or some big <laughs> flow chart or something, and it's there sitting on the trademark register. Wow. For the staff at IP Australia, just put that stuff through. They don't, they're not going to tell you that it's not right or that it's not, not protecting you at all, basically. So they are limited in what they can do, what they can, how they can help you. Um, But it's, but if you're going to do it yourself, then definitely do that head start process. Um, And one of the other main big advantages of that is that it, will get assessed by them much quicker. And IP Australia being so slow at the moment that I'm doing all of them as Head Start ones because if we lodge an ordinary application at the moment, IP Australia aren't even looking at it until about the seven month. Wow. So it's taking mm, like 10 months yeah. <laughs> to, go, to go through. They're just... Um, bit overwhelmed, I think, with the volume at the moment. Okay. So, um, yeah. And so is, what else do we need to be thinking about or what else do we need to know about the process? Is there anything else that, like, once you've decided what you're going to lodge and then either using somebody like yourself to do that for them or doing the head start through IP Australia because obviously we're talking just about the Australian trademark at the moment. Um, You were very kind and have referred me to a US lawyer to take care of my US trademark, which I am doing, which is fantastic. So I think that's the other thing is that because we're all, a lot of us do online business and can Mm. work with anyone anywhere in the world, can you just give us a little bit on how that works, you know, as far as your trademark crossing borders? Yeah, so so trademarks are country by country and, um, you know, laws generally are country by country. So the whole legal system as a whole has not been terribly good at keeping up with the whole online world and online business. Um, so there's some definite gaps there and it can be a bit tricky. Um, if you're... If you have a lot of customers in particular countries overseas and you, you're getting income from, you know, you, you know that you're making money from people in America and you're planning to continue growing that, then it can absolutely be worth it to get trademarks in those other countries as well. Um, people get a little bit confused. There is a, a process called an international trademarking process and a lot of people go oh it's an international trademark hooray unfortunately it's not it doesn't cover you internationally but what it is is just um, a way that you can lodge one application and nominate multiple countries on there it's just a, a way of simplifying the application process basically and what's it called because it's got a specific name yeah madrid protocol that's it i'm like is yeah. it milan i'm like <laughs> it's madrid <laughs> protocol it's madrid. Yeah. yeah yeah so if you were just um if you were just growing your business you know you've got australia and you're just going to focus on america then you wouldn't bother with the madrid protocol one you just say right i'm just going to make sure I've got Australia and America covered and then I'm all good to go. 
But if you've got multiple countries that you're focusing on, then it will usually end up cheaper and easier from an admin point of view to do the Madrid one. So um, that's it normally works out cheaper if you're doing three or more countries. Um, and the advantage is that, you know, if you need to update your address or something like that, rather than having to go to each trademark office, you can just do it through one central place. Okay. And you can come back, you know, in a year or two and add some more countries to it. And it's all linked. So that, that can be the advantage with it. But you still pay for each country, depending on which ones you choose. Each country sets their own fees, so the amount will depend on which countries you pick. And the applications still just get sent off to each country for them to process under their own laws anyway. So, um, you know, the laws are different in every country. Something that goes through perfectly fine in the UK might run into problems in the US or vice versa. So it's still... um, you know, the same kind of process where you can run into issues and you might end up having to get an attorney overseas mm. to help you through the process anyway. So that can sometimes, you know, goes from being a cheaper option to a not so cheap option anyway. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So the only other question I've got is what happens if somebody starts using your business name or whatever you've trademarked, like what happens next? What's that process? So um, unfortunately there's no trademark police who you can just report it to and they'll go and sort it out for you. Yeah. That would be nice. It does sit on you as the trademark owner to do something about it. Um, what I've found works in you know probably most cases is just a, a little friendly message to someone to say, hey, you might not realise I have the trademark for that. Um, you really shouldn't be using it. Can you please stop? Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, because most of the time people haven't, you know, done the wrong thing on purpose. Yeah. Mostly it's people just not understanding. And, and I've had clients on both sides of that. You know, being on the receiving end of that can be awful as well. People mm. feel really terrible about it. Um, but it's good to get some advice, Yeah, uh, have someone to look at it because it can be, um, not clear cut sometimes whether someone's actually infringing your trademark or not. If, yeah. if it's exactly the same and the exact same business, then it probably is going to be, but if it's slightly different or their business is slightly different, then it, it might not be. Yeah. So, um, it's not good to be contacting people making demands if you don't actually have the legal rights to do that yeah that can come back and and backfire quite badly um and i think that that having the chat to someone can be useful just to let the emotion out Mm -hmm. (laughs) and have someone who doesn't have that emotional attachment have a look at it as well um People, you know, you can get quite emotional when you see something like that happen. You think someone's copied you. And the, the worst thing you can do is send off a accusing, emotional yeah. message. Um, and you'll see that sometimes these things then go all over social media and um, you really have to think that every communication you have, you're representing your business. Mm-hmm. Is, is yeah. that the way you want to be representing your business? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, have a think about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't feel comfortable doing that first step, then, you know, the next step is to send a more formal legal letter. And that letter, it's called a cease and desist or a letter of demand. It sets out exactly what your legal rights are, exactly how they're infringing those rights and what you want them to do. So um, getting someone like me to draft a letter like that is usually better than usually using a template because the templates don't really have any detail. And I think also, and it comes from somebody more official, like you know how to position it and communicate it well. And I think that, you know, it's going to have a lot more impact coming from somebody like you than a message on Messenger. Yes, yes, (laughs) that's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And sometimes you can sort it real easy and quick. 
through that first step, but you have to kind of look at the situation. And I mean, if it's if it's a bigger company, a company that's going to have lawyers that you know yeah. really should know, you're not going to send them a message on Messenger. Yeah. Um, but if yeah, you just got to kind of have a look at the the different options there because it is going to. Yeah. If you have someone like me send a letter like that, it's going to cost you some money to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's that's then the next step and. Um, hopefully that will sort it, that will lead to some negotiations and getting it all fixed up. Um, but if you need to keep pushing it, then it goes further into you could do mediation or um, actually go to court if it, yeah. if it comes to that. So Okay. Mm. Right, cool. That's awesome. Well, Lisa, there's a lot there to think about. I did just do a story a little while ago on Instagram and I did ask the question, uh, is your business name or logo trademarked? And 83% of people said no. So I think that it is definitely something that I know I want to communicate more to my audience just to think about because like you said, I think it's important for us to be informed. Yeah. We are building a brand. We are building this business. We are investing money in it. And you have to ask yourself if somebody came and took it away tomorrow and said, you can't trade under that anymore, would you care? And like you said, I think that one of the biggest takeaways is that it is like insurance. You know, we all have home and contents insurance, car insurance, and many of us will never use it. And that's obviously a good thing that you want to never have to use it. But I think a trademark is the same. And I think it just gives you peace of mind and it protects what you're building. So, you know, that's, I think, really important to think about. Um, and I just want to make sure that you, my lovely listeners, are informed. Now, if they want to get in contact with you, Lisa, where's the best place? We will have all of your details in the show notes. Um, but for those who are walking the dog, uh, where can they find you either on socials or website, etc.? I am at uh, Win Trademarks. So wintrademarks.com.au on Facebook. That's pretty much the only socials where I'm actually... <laughs> present Um, i do have a link on my website where people can book in for a free chat if they want to do that so if they just want to suss it out for them want me to have a little look at their business name or whatever have a little chat about it then they can book in we'll have a chat and um then they can decide what they want to do from there that's all good that's free um and, and that, the checklist yeah that checklist is just uh, a link on my home page as well so great and go and access that and have a little squeeze that's fantastic well thank you so much for sharing all of that with us no worries thank you Suze. thank my you for pleasure. having me my pleasure <laughs> and if you do have any questions then make sure you do connect uh with lisa and go check out the checklist that is free um and obviously book in a call or a catch up with her if you've got any questions and you want to move forward with this because I just really want you to make sure that you are protecting what you're building um, and that you've got that peace of mind as well so definitely let us know if you've got any other questions but thank you well I hope that that was super useful for you and if you do have any questions then definitely do get in touch with Lisa because she's just so easy to talk to and there are no silly questions and this is actually really important like it's really important for you to take a look at what's happening in your business and making sure that you're protecting yourself and I do think that the insurance analogy is actually a really good one. Like, would you be driving on the road without car insurance? Do you have home and contents insurance? And obviously we don't want to use it, but we want to make sure that if anything ever happens, that we are protected. And I think just like everything else in life, I think that it's important for us to protect our businesses as well. So, There you go. I want to make sure that I'm sharing really, really useful and important content with you on this podcast too. But that is it for another week. Remember, if you want to come and join the conversation, you can come and join the free Facebook group, which is Bold Women in Business. The link will be in the show notes. And obviously, you can follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. Send me a DM. Come and say hi. 
But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I'd love you to leave a review. Make sure that you hit subscribe so that you don't miss out on any episodes. The music to this podcast was created by Declan DP on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold. Bye.